0: hello and welcome to another episode of movie mastery the podcast where we watch the movies that you have told us to watch i as always am your host john and with me joining me Mm -hmm. in a joint union with me Mm -hmm, in a mm -hmm. partnership Mm -hmm. in an established legal marriage common law marriage jeff hello i want a divorce. I want a common law divorce. (laughs) Uh, This week, we, God, we rolled up a 1965 movie, War Gods of the Deep. Do we want to start real quick before we get into that by addressing the uh, elephants of striking shit in the room? Yeah, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, So we missed our last episode for, in part because of some Gen Con stuff, but also in part because uh, the unions that are on strike, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the actors and the writers and whatnot. WGA and SAG-AFTRA. Uh, they put out a thing that was like, hey, podcasts that deal with movies, here's some guidelines and, you know, how to support the strike while still doing movie stuff. And I was like, okay, fuck, all right, I got to figure out whether or not I'm doing something fucked up and just went through and it I mean 99% of it is if you are an actor don't go on a podcast to promote a movie that's currently a strike work. Right. They're basically telling people, that, like, "We, uh, how did this get made and shit like that to kind of not do that for a while. Yeah. It's, and, and that's fine. It's a lot of, like, oh, don't go on a podcast and go, you know, I've got a Netflix show coming out yeah. soon. Like, that's essentially what it's supposed to Hi be. Hi there. I'm Bradley Cooper, and uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking about small-town murders, but did you know I'm working on a Leonard Bernstein biopic? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That's the shit that it's mostly about. And then the other thing is, like, also, if you don't have any, like, promo star stuff, try not to, as well, do promotional stuff for currently struck work. Sure. And and we're fine with that. Really, I'm less afraid of scabbing in this situation, because obviously neither of us is either WGA or SAG-AFTRA. Or ever will be. Uh, yeah. Uh, not now. Not after what we just did. <laughs> not after what I've done. <laughs> not when they find the explosives. <laughs> no, but, but uh, rather that there is a tendency on the internet for people to uh, over-strike beyond what the actual striking people are oh, doing. Yeah. There's there's a lot of like, oh, they're on strike. That's the same thing as a boycott, right? I yeah. need to cancel everything and never watch a movie and again. If I, if I see anyone else not living up to my own standards that I just made up, then it's my own personal vendetta to let make everyone know that they're doing something terrible. Yeah, it's basically, uh, I saw someone tweet about seeing a movie. That's breaking the strike. And I'm like, no, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, hey. So, so that I'm really much more afraid of that than I am of like, WJ like wga president uh fran drescher showing up in my garage and being like now stop that i'd be like wow you're a delight (laughs) and thank you for doing that fake voice (laughs) i'm peter griffin she'd say (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) well famously she voices peter griffin famously yeah oh christ So, yeah, that was that was part of it. So just went through it. I'm like, great. I'll take a little time off to make sure everything's great and copacetic and we're wonderful. And even if we still need to worry about that, a 1965 British movie is nowhere even near the kind of shit that they give a fuck about. Yeah, I, I hope we get in trouble. That'd be amazing. Yeah, they're like, hey, no one that uh, we give a fuck about is at all concerned with this movie. Are, are you fucking kidding me right now? Are you promoting Tab Hunter movies? <laughs> I'm promoting Tab Hunter. <laughs> Everyone, go see Tab Hunter. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, we watched uh, a British... Horror-slash-thriller movie from 1965, which should not be allowed. War Gods of the Deep is what it was released as in the U.S. Yes. In the U.K., it was released as City Under the Sea, and it is based on a very small Edgar Allan Poe poem, Mm -hmm. City in the Sea. Yeah, you can tell because they have the time at the beginning of the movie to read the entire fucking thing over some footage of oceans. Yeah, like, I think the whole poem is like four or five stanzas and Vincent Price reads like the first two of them at the beginning. Yeah. And then in the middle of it, they find a book of Edgar Allan Poe poems and read another one. Yeah. So you get almost the whole fucking poem in this. Yeah. You you only miss the last two stanzas, which are mostly about what Edgar Allan Poe thought about prohibition and and, uh, (laughs) fairly skippable. Granted, Going, I mean, what he thought about the pro the, the potential of prohibition, because it would not, of course, become a thing until many years after he wrote those poems. Yes. Yeah. Uh I know what time is. I understand how years work. hmm It was uh, a different prohibition. Different pro we we're gonna prohibit weird, shitty little guys. And it was a different <laughs> <laughs> No tiny little guys with pumpkin heads. Yeah. And, he and like, then he was oh, like, oh man, like, I can't brook this. <laughs> I'm against that. I'm Peter Griffin. ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, it's weird. The I mean, the poem itself is essentially just like hey, uh, there's a city you think, you think only Lovecraft can do this shit? I can do that. Fuck you. There's a city and there it's in the sea and it's spooky down there, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe a thing happens. Anyway, there's no plot to this and nothing happens. Yeah. And so turning what is essentially a couple paragraphs and into an entire movie mm-hmm. was like Oh, well, it's Fishman. Obviously, there's Fishman there and Vincent Price, because this was the British version to try and capitalize on the Roger Corman Edgar Allan Poe films that Vincent Price had been in. Ah, okay. So after things like Pit in the Pendulum, House of Usher, Mask of the Red Death, all of that had already come out, and they went, we got to get in on that sweet, sweet Edgar Allan Poe adaptation money. Yeah. And they didn't think that going after the uh, the, the you know the most famous one was a good idea. Nope. Well, all of those had been done. Oh, someone did one about the Raven, and then neighbor- yes. Okay, I didn't know it was. A there Vincent is Price. a full movie about the Raven, which is Vincent Price. He okay. did a bunch that had uh, like a anthology one of mm-hmm. three of them, which is did he sad. Do- did he do a Cask of Amontillado one? Yes, he did. Oh, I got to watch some of these. There is. Anything that you have heard of from Edgar Allan Poe outside of that one where an orangutan murders a guy yeah, yeah, has nice. been done by Vincent Price. Yeah. What about the one where he he listed at, at great length his thoughts on having sex with pumpkins? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The seminal work, That's All Right With Me, by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I'm pro it. I, I'm fucking pumpkin. I'm Edgar Allan Poe. That's his famous voice. Of hey, course. everybody. I'm Edgar Allan Poe, They're and they, I'm fucking pumpkin. There's a reason they change his voice whenever he shows up in adaptations and so on. And ah, shit. Lost Lenore. <laughs> ah, quote the raven, nevermore. The meaning of his telltale heart. Ah, Jesus. It's so bad. Beating and hideous. I'm Edgar Allan Poe, everybody. That's what he sounds... Yeah, they usually change him to sound more, you know, distinguished in a feat when they use... Oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like Abraham Lincoln when all the papers are like, oh, this guy had a real weird falsetto yeah, voice. Yeah, like a high-pitched reedy voice. And then no, no one ever, they're always like, four score. I'm made, Abraham made Lincoln. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I come to bring presents to the South. Oh, oh, oh. It's murder. Yeah, when instead he actually just sounded like the lead singer of Sweet. So he'd be like, are you ready, South? <laughs> yeah. And that, was, that was his actual voice. <laughs> Grant, Sherman, <laughs> well, all right, generals, let's go! Yeah, that's that's what A. Mary Lincoln actually sounded like. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> gotta love it. God, you gotta love it. You gotta love the bits. Anyway, I know we're supposed to be giving you the non-spoiler review. This sucked. I would not recommend it. It sucks, and it's ass, and it it's bad, and... I mean, here's the thing. There's even a bit where, like, this had some contention to it, because the person who originally wrote it was an American. He made a movie, and he's like, yeah, I did a great script, and then I turned it into the British people, and then they added a dude for comic relief and his stupid chicken, Yeah, and then changed everything and made it suck a whole lot, and indeed, several people that were like part of the movie just quit, because they were like, this sucks ass, I'm out, <laughs> Man, I can see just not showing up to work one day on this, especially because it's not shot somewhere weird or anything. It clearly is just shot on the British coastline. No, It's just in the fucking UK. Yeah. Which means if you you could just not go one day, could wake up and be like, I don't want to go to that fake castle again and be pretend that vacuum pumps are important or whatever. I'm just not going. Yeah. I'm uh, just going to get drunk today. I'm good. I'm going to go down the pub and have a pipe. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, uh, non-spoiler review it's one of those movies from the sixties where they were still convinced that extended sequences of people underwater was interesting. Yeah. Just, Oh, that's so, it's so interesting. Just show them down there. Just show them wandering around underwater. Yeah. We, Hey, we have the technology to film people in actual water instead of just like putting wavy blue light in the background. You will believe a man can point something out to another man. Yeah. It sucks ass. There's the non-spoiler review it bad (laughs) however we were gonna play some music and we will be back with the in-depth spoiler review for 1965's war gods of the deep back and it is time to start talking about some of those war gods of the deep that's that's fucking title it's such a promising title and then oh man you see you see that like show up on the screen you're like it's a vincent price film in war gods of the deep and you're like yeah this is gonna fucking rule i mean unless you have seen a lot of vincent price films in which case you're like oh this has got a bad title oh no no i i I love Vincent Price. No, I love him too, but he's in a lot of shitty movies. Oh, he's in a ton of shit movies, but I'll still enjoy them and watch them because it's funny. <laughs> but this one is straight up like, not only is this just glacially paced and incredibly boring with a nonsensical addition, as I mentioned, of a character relief, uh, of comic relief character. Yeah. But it also has... Like, the bare minimum of Vincent Price, where he just kind of shows up and he's like, Hello, yes, I'm evil. Anyway, you can go about your business, Tab Hunter. I'll be here in another 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's got nothing to do. They they give him, they saddle him with the most cliched shit imaginable. Yeah. Like, like I could not get over how cliched this character is. Like, he's basically just a Captain Nemo, with the with the one big difference being that He's doing that fucking vampire thing where he met a woman that's the exact duplicate of someone he knew 150 years ago. So now he's like, yes, I am obsessed with her, for she is a duplicate of a woman I loved in a previous time. And weirdly, like the main plot of this being that like, oh, yeah, this dude under the sea sees a picture of this lady and kidnaps her because it looks like his old wife. And you're like, there is zero minutes of this film of Vincent Price interacting with this woman not at all yeah at all yeah nothing there's it's just a fucking pile of parts and we open on the like john was saying the first two stanzas of that that uh poem by poe and then a body washes up on a beach and a bunch of shabby type fishermen find him yeah just a bunch of people in the fucking cornish coast just hanging out and going like Oh, wouldn't you look at the body? Oh, I'm not a shame. Oh, fucking shite. <laughs> Let's get a pint and a lava bread. Yeah, it's just it's just that. And then basically they're all like, well, we we have to find him, or someone has to warn the, the young engineer man. And then in the probably the best single part of this movie, he just rises up from stage bottom for no reason and goes, Yeah, no, I already heard you. It's he's just He there. was already there. Yeah. Like he went and he's like, Oh, what's going here? And he bends over to go look at the dead body. And then they start not even stage whispering, just out loud going like, hey, this motherfucker sucks, mm-hmm. and I hate him. He's from America. What a dumb bitch. I hope he doesn't hear any of that. And he just sort of stands up and he's like, I am less than a foot away from you. I'm right here. I was established earlier. I was seen. I was here. And now... I understand you don't like me. You're crotchety old British fisherman. Yeah. I get it. We saved your ass in World War II, he says. He says. And and, and then the guy's like, well, wait, what year is this set? <laughs> Hold on. Hang on. We, have we've, we even had World War I yet? We actually don't know what year this is. <laughs> it could uh. be anything. They have electric lights, but that doesn't mean much. There's no cars in the movie. It could be literally anything. Yeah, this is... I I mean, it gets sort of referenced that it's probably early 1900s. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, they mention 1803 and say it's been 100 years since then. Yeah. So we got at least 1903 on there. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe it's 1903. Maybe it's 1965. It doesn't matter. Everyone's wearing the same suit. uh, Rumply British suits. It looks like nothing. (laughs) Uh, And that uh is Ben Harris is our main American hero from Tab Hunter and he is a mining engineer mm-hmm. which I had to look up because what he does and who he is is essentially not established and does not matter. There's one point where he says he's a mining engineer. There's a part where uh, uh basically that I forget the name of the dude that's like Harold, the uh the comedy relief. Uh Harold is the uh yeah, Harold's the comic relief, Herbert is his chicken. So when he comes in, he's like, hey, I just found an interesting body, and I need to talk to someone about it, and he kind of goes, well, are you are you quite certain you saw something interesting and he didn't see something boring? And he goes, my good man, I'm a mining engineer, which means I have a fabulous eye for detail, because any small mistake, I mean, could cost my clients hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And I was like, okay, so you're a mining engineer, thank you for telling me. Weird choice, has nothing to do with anything. No, because it will never come up again, which is odd, because the entire reason that he manages to stay alive later should have something to do with what he cares about, which is, you know, mining and structures and things like that, but it never comes up, and it doesn't matter, because nothing in this movie pays off anything. No. <laughs> it's wild how little payoff there is here. Anyway, the body belongs to a uh, a lawyer that is being retained by the other American in Cornwall, uh, Jill Tergillis, mm-hmm. which is great because everyone just refers to her as Miss Tergillis, and so for the first part of this, I was like, who's Mr. Gillis? That's Dobie Gillis's grumpy father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Mr. Gillis was my dad. <laughs> Call me Dobie. ha, ha, ha. I'm not going to call you Dobie. No one calls anyone Dobie. Stop that. <laughs> get out of here. Get back on Nick at night where you belong. <laughs> Put out that marijuana cigarette and get a job, you hippie. <laughs> I don't remember the first fucking thing about that show beyond the fact that it existed. Uh, yeah, it existed and it had fucking uh, Gilligan Den- in it. John Denver? It was John Denver. It was Doby himself? No. The titular? No, he wasn't. No, he was, like no, he was ba- his friend. He was like the doofy friend. He was like the Jughead of that ensemble. Exactly. Okay. Uh, anyway, he not goes John to... Denver. Yeah, not John Denver. John, something Denver, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? That- yeah, Bob Denver. Bob Denver. <laughs> Joe Bob Riggs. <laughs> it, it was John Denver. It was definitely that. John Denver Mellencamp. <laughs> played Gilligan. <sighs> anyway, Ben shows up to this hotel that fucking Jill is staying at, which I guess, again, I had to look up a lot of information because... None of it matters after the first two minutes of this. No. She is apparently... This manor house got turned into a hotel. He is the daughter of the owner of the manor house. Yes, she is. Yeah. So she is just hanging out here, but she's American, which is odd, because, like, Turgillus is supposed to be the name that, like, the captain had, that, like, Vincent Price uh was they, end, they get they, they end up settling on hugh i think is his, his... first name hugh Tregillis. oh okay is i think what his full name is which made me go oh man are you perving on like your great granddaughter or something this is nasty <laughs> yeah but only by marriage oh no wait oh wait <laughs> only by blood that's all <laughs> only by genetics that's hardly a va- look if you've read like and rice novels about witches, then you know that this is not that bad. There's been way worse. Uh, So she is hanging out and... Drinking. And Ben goes to find her and instead runs into fucking Harold Tufnell Jones. I mean, she he, she introduces him to Tufnell Jones. They're both in the fucking room. But, oh my god, yeah, when we meet this dumb character. Yeah. He is wearing a kilt and on the top of a like bookcase yeah and the reason given for that is you know as soon as he opens the door to see uh mr gillis Mm -hmm. a chicken flies at him and he grabs it and they're like oh there's uh Herbert. herbert herbert the chicken herbert the chicken yeah and he's like, Oh, you may be wondering why I'm up on this uh, bookcase. No. It's because I, I was looking for no. my, I was looking for my chicken, you see, and I'm like, <laughs> Why? Why were you on a bookcase looking for did you were you getting the lay of the land? What are you talking also, about? Also, I can't get I can't over explain here how much it's you're supposed to think the idea of a chicken named Herbert to be especially funny. Because they're like The tab hunter has to be like, Her name is Herbert? Her name is Herbert, a female chicken with the name of Herbert. I cannot imagine or brook such a thing. Oh, what what a wonderful jape. This shall certainly be worth having this chicken along for the entire hour and a half movie. Wait until the fellows in the public house hear of this. Ah, how ribald. I shall have to tell them and they shall have to laugh. Ugh, sucks so much. Now, of course- the guy playing Harold is David Tomlinson, who I only know from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, I was going to say, he is clearly the dude from Bedknobs Bed, and Broomsticks. He's got a, a recognizable face. I feel like he's also in, I in, uh, 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 can't I name anything today, uh, Mary Poppins. I oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's the dad in Mary Poppins, right? Yeah. No, he's... He is a, if you're doing a sixties British movie. Yeah. He gets a piece. <laughs> yeah. David Tomlinson's going to get some. Yeah. He's going to get his beak wet. <laughs> uh, be- yeah. The dad of Mary Poppins. And he is basically just a collection of low, boring jokes. It's terrible because they're like, Oh, we need, we have this weird, serious movie about underwater kingdoms or whatever dumb shit we should put in some comedy relief so that you know we can have something for everybody i know we'll put in one guy and his only joke is i have a chicken Hmm? and that's his joke Uh, yeah he has that but he also has like there's the part where he's like well excuse me i I intend to retire for the evening for i must awake early in the morning and begin my next painting i will be painting the sunset you're gonna paint the sunset in the morning i'm a slow worker good night Great. That kind of thing. That's the kind of joke you should expect from the, where they did the punch-up, and this is why you should always just let the writers finish the thing they wrote. And not, yeah, not and add, you should pay them. You and, should pay the writers. Pay the writers. and <laughs> let, let them write, and then don't try and go in later and add your own jokes. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing. If you're like, oh, I could probably put a joke in here, yeah. you're wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> oh. uh, so... So they yeah, obviously Jill is supposed to be set up as a as a love interest for Ben, but they never get around to that. No, there's not enough time for that because Jill is in I'm gonna say about ten minutes total screen time of this fucking movie. Yeah, her big explanation as to why her and Ben should even be friends at all is because he's American and so is she. Yeah, like, oh, you're another American here. We should be friends. Don't you think? And he's like, no. <laughs> no. I'm a serious man with serious problems. I'm oh my god, a gill man! <laughs> and then, yes, he is attacked by a gill man. Yeah, they go into another room because he's like, I need to talk to you about a serious thing. Oh no, mermans! Yeah, the movie's got a couple of gill men, and two, the one thing I'll give this movie for any credit at all is that it just starts with the fucking gill men. We don't have to wait forever. Nope, just, they go into a room and the lights are out and a gill man straight, just like throws a fucking clock at him and then runs away. Yeah, and then he, like, reaches backward and pulls out a big-ass machete from the ruins of an old clock? No, he pulls out a shard of is glass. Is that what that is? I thought yeah. that was, like, a full-on machete he found in the, the clock case. Okay. No, he threw a thing It hit the mirror behind him, and he pulled a giant curved blade of glass out and threw it, and that is why, in the next scene, he will have a little cloth that he is holding his, in his hand because mm. he has cut his hand by just grabbing shattered glass and throwing it at a guy all right so he's like well i don't know what i saw this is when we get the the line where he's like i'm a mining engineer so i have a very clever eye for detail blah 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 that's why i think i saw some manner of monster fish and everyone else is like "Ho oh, tut tut certainly not goodness that's stupid and ridiculous and i will brook it none and he's like why is there random seaweed here and they're just like oh you it's, looking for clues we're in cornwall there's random seaweed everywhere <laughs> how could you possibly want to know why someone attacked you what a silly thing the, the manor owners whose office this is probably was merely grazing on it because cornish people are manatees in in deed and form oh <laughs> uh, how much better would the fucking like hp lovecraft fish people be if they were just manatee people (laughs) and they're like oh no they have interbred and now they're just friendly and slow (laughs) they want to have you over and have some food Hey, did you want some of my salad? Okay. Welcome to Inn's Mouth. Everything's free. Hey, do you want to have a free room at my inn? It's fine. Be careful. We're all very gentle. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry I bumped into you. My face got squished on the glass again. Boomp. <laughs> that would be amazing. And, of course, uh, 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 fucking Lovecraft would be extraordinarily terrified of that. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> My god. My god, they remind me of people from Rome. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> what are you? Some kind of Eastern European? Ha. Ah! <laughs> oh no, Cornish folk. <laughs> yeah, that's it. H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft famously was like, "Ah, oh, everyone from Cornwall, the worst." <laughs> Hello. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's okay. I get the same reaction from boats. <laughs> Yeah, boats see me and go, ah! <laughs> anyway, fucking Gilmen show up and he runs them off. And then the next day, more Gilman Gil show up again. He decides he's just going to spend the night here in, like, the lobby of this hotel. Yeah, he's like, do you think anyone would mind if I put my feet up on that couch for the evening? Why, my dear boy, whatever for. And it's weird because the only one he asks for permission is fucking herald some random painter who is staying at the hotel. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe ask the owner. Like, you were just talking well, to his daughter. Owner, like, gone or something. Remember they were supposed to find him because of that fucking... And then he goes into his office and there's a Gilman in there. We never see this fucking owner character. No. the I mean, the office, I think, was supposed to be the lawyer's office. Oh, okay. And <sighs> whatever. Fucking Gilman capture uh Jill and mm-hmm. off they go through a hidden secret passage behind a bookcase and mm-hmm. then they bumble around and wouldn't you know it the chicken finds the button to open the door yeah oh um, how hilarious we have to watch harold be like mm, yes in my expert opinion i believe i would push the button that i would locate here oh hang on perhaps it is over here and then the chicken presses the button and it opens and uh. everyone's like oh thank god we can just go on from this oh thank 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 the lord we can hey, just keep moving how about if harold stays here how about if he just stays here in the hotel uh weird because harold goes along with ben who's like i've got to chase after that fish guy who stole jill because i'm a hero (laughs) gill follow me lil (laughs) and harold specifically says as they're going through this weird underground cavern he's like Oh well, I don't know I am a bit of a coward I'm like, then why are you doing this? Just don't go we don't you aren't necessary to this. Why don't you I don't know call the local Bobby yes call the constabulary get them involved mm-hmm. have them pop up and be like hello 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 what's all this then? <laughs> all right, nothing to see here moving on random seaweed strewn about that's proper Cornwall that is all right no th- no weird business going on here <laughs> nothing too fancy going about. I'm gonna have myself a cup of whelks. <laughs> A cup of Welks. Hey, that's fucking Cornish food, baby. Unless I'm mistaking it for another part of England, which is very likely. It's true. I mean, here's the thing. I hate everyone who's British and everyone who lives in England. Mm -hmm. So... It's fair. I don't want to oh, know anything about it. Oh, I am. I'm mixing up... Oh, I cor- am <laughs> absolutely racist against the British. That's fair. No, I'm mixing up Cornwall and Wales is what's happening in my mm, mind right you now. You fucked up. Before a bunch of people sent me a bunch of emails, ah, I figured it out. Cornwall and Wales are two different places. Mm, technically mm-hmm. two different places. That, one of them's got all the Doctor Who stuff and the Welk cups, and the other one's got, I don't know, isn't that like Tori Amos from Cornwall? I think that's like the only thing that ever happened in Cornwall. I don't Cornwall. know. I don't, I don't think anything's yeah. ever happened in Cornwall that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, they go through a cave and they wander around. Most of the shit in this movie is really just people wandering for a good five minutes before they bumble into each other. And then the plot continues because they have got to pad this run time out. Oh my God. And it's not like the back third of this movie, a full good 25 to 30 minutes isn't just slow footage of people wandering around at the bottom of a pool. Yeah, it's sad when you're like, ooh, we can film people underwater. And you're like, I can literally see the top of the water above this guy's head. <laughs> you are in they, five feet of water. Every time they try and do fancy camera tricks, you can see the top of the pool they're in. And you're like, you shouldn't have done that. Oops, you fucked up. I can see the top there. Yeah. That's right there. I you can see r- the fucking lifeguard through it. ha. <laughs> <laughs> I can see some kids swimming above you. What are you doing? <laughs> One of them's got an otter pop. One of them is currently peeing. <laughs> well, I mean, European. Hey. 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 What's up? Okay, so, uh... No, you're a poo. <laughs> uh, so, so, they go down into the cave. They find the coolest thing in the world, a big old whirlpool thing that's the cave feature. And then something spooks Harold. Maybe it's a gill man. Uh... Basically, Ben gets close to the edge. Yeah. And he then there is a rumble. High. Yeah. And uh, Harold's just like, oh no, look out. And by that, I mean, I'm going to push both of us in here. And they fall into this really cool looking whirlpool. As soon as I found it, I was like, oh man, that's your movie right there. And the then m- they the show up ben, in the you- world of Tau, and there's all these kangaroo fighter guys there. <laughs> it's real weird. Uh, so. Instead, they fall unconscious and arise in a cool castle. They're in an underground cavern. And we had had some early foreshadowing from one of the various Cornish fishermen who's just like, ah, there's a city out there. It's called Leoness. And also I've. I've heard the the ghost bells and oh the mm. ghost bells mean death they do mm. oh when you hear 'em out in the sea that's when death is coming and every time I say a word my accent gets thicker and thicker I do appreciate that at least that line isn't completely lost that they they establish that yeah the castle does have a fucking bell in it and they play it whenever they execute someone yeah so it is at least a death bell that's a real you got a death bell the bell that kills people in this movie. <laughs> Uh, so somehow they wash up into this chamber and are mostly dry. <laughs> uh-huh. They're fine. The chicken did not drown. Chicken's fine. Chicken's going to be fine throughout the movie. Don't worry. About Don't you Herbert. worry about whether or not Herbert will be fine. Now, Herbert is great. Uh-huh. Herbert's hanging out in a little basket. Yeah. And half the jokes of the movie are Herbert being pushed in the basket and then popping up from the other side of the basket. What a hoot. Uh huh. Ugh. So they wander around until, oh no, there's some guy who shows up, and he, Ben immediately is like, What did you do with Jill? And then beats the shit out of him until he is unconscious without waiting for an answer. Uh huh. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things in here. It's just like, What do you know? Punch? <laughs> ah. Well, that'll teach him to not answer me before I've punched him. <laughs> try and stop us <laughs> we're america <laughs> absolutely amazing and then in comes the captain uh Vincent Price and a couple guys and oddly enough so here's the thing here it is i did not see any of the guns that they had i don't even think they were out but for some reason the second vincent price shows up and he's like Hey, stop that. New, I hope you beat that guy up. He sucks. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't feel like being violent no more. I guess you're an old weird guy. I'll listen to you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to punch you. Yeah. Well, it's the standard movie trope of like, you can kill 50 henchmen, but then you get to the guy who was in charge of the henchmen. You're like, enough killing today. You're like, no, man, you can fit that last one in (laughs) as a a treat. You can make room. (laughs) Have the after dinner mint. Kill the guy who was in charge. Uh, but Vincent Price just shows up and is like, well, time for you to come with me because I'm in charge here and I'm, I'm going to see what's going on with your dumb horse shit. And he is basically just going to slowly spool his way through a bunch of information over multiple times of being like, yes, take them away. Now bring them them back. Bring them here. I now take them away again. Put them in a different small room, put them in the same room. Don't guard them. Let them wander around. It's Mm. fine. Guard them, but send our stupidest guard as a gag. Send one guy, make sure he doesn't look at the room. (laughs) Mm. Bring them back. I need to explain another small bit of my backstory that connects to nothing. Now, I will explain essentially the whole backstory that takes about 40 minutes of this movie to finally get all of. Yes, sure. Please do. So, in 1803, Mm -hmm. uh, Captain Hugh here uh, was... Some manner of nobility. He was a sir. He was a gentleman. Yeah. And he was also, though, a smuggler. Yeah. So he and his band of smugglers were hanging out in Cornwall until eventually a bunch of people showed up to stop them. Yep, to stop this vile smuggling. They ran into the cave system, which, of course, they knew. Uh, Because they were smugglers. Yeah. Smuggler's Cove is what it is. And they found a tunnel that led them to this weird underground city. One weird underground city that these guys don't want you to know about. (laughs) Investigators hate it. (laughs) Invented by an 86-year-old granny. (laughs) Uh, So they have been down here since 1803 and have not aged because something something the air here something something no UV light something it's, something it's got something to do with there's a there's a, a volcano immediately off the uh the side of this underground city yeah there's there are some pumps here that were built by basically this being an old Atlantis thing because yeah. they aren't the ones who are like oh we built a city under the sea they just found it yeah and so they were like okay this was a city of hyper-advanced people. Their city sank, but they built a giant system of pumps in order to make, like, clean air in this area. And to keep the water out. If the pumps are ever turned off, this place will flood. It's underwater, um, and also it helps pump out the toxic air that's coming over from a volcano that is immediately adjacent to this city. Yeah, this big underwater, like, crater volcano that Uh is there. And so, I mean, amazingly, this is just his idea. I mean, given that he's like, I have no idea how science works or what a pen is, Mm -hmm. but I assume that the reason we have been alive for a 100 years is because of the gases coming off a volcano, I assume. It's as much curse as blessing. You know, he's all like, oh, yes, that's just a simple side effect of where we live. I'm quite old, you see. Although, it takes him forever to get around to this. Oh, yeah. Again, we have to meet, like, five different random other characters to slowly unveil all this. Yeah, this is a 40-minute thing, because part of this, the whole smuggling bit, is revealed by Dan, mm-hmm. a sailor who wants to leave with them. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they are down here and can't go back, because not only... Like Dan reveals, he's like, oh, you'll be able to get me a pardon for my smuggling that happened over a hundred years ago. And he's like, I don't think anyone gives a shit. There's no like, we're going to put you in lock and chain from smuggling some shit in 1800. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, and, and he he's just like, look, I, sm- I was a smuggler. I want to get a pass for smuggling. And they're like, what? Did you do like any real crimes? Did you, did you murder? And he's like, nope, just smuggling. Just smuggling. That's all I care about. And But the, it turns out, It does, that these guys can go outside at night, but during the day when the UV lights are are brighter, you pretty much drank from the wrong grail, and you you, uh, instantly age to thousands of years old and die. Now, this is, again, just a thing Vincent Price says, Mm -hmm. because when he's like, oh, Dan, you fool, you couldn't go up there, you'd die anyway, and he's like... I've been up to the surface. It's not like I can't breathe there anymore or anything At night, like, you fool. No, the sun's UV would age you in an instant. Uh, I'm Peter Griffin. <laughs> I, fucking love that you're, I love that your Vincent Price is just Paul Lind. Like, <laughs> no, it is a very reserved Paul Lind. <laughs> if I was Paul Lind, I'd be like, don't go into the surface of it. I mean, you the do. The tingler a, will get you. You do a really good Paul Lind. <laughs> But your, your Vincent Price is very similar to my friend Drescher. <laughs> oh, you mean Peter Griffin. <laughs> <You did. laughs> That's right. I'm Peter Griffin. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so, yes, he just tells them that, like, because we've been living under the sea where sunlight doesn't hit for a hundred years, if you were to be hit by sunlight, you would instantly age. Why does he think this? Who knows? I, I assume it happened at some point in his past, and he's aware of it, and he's kept it. The other problem with all this is that there's the fucking Gill Men, right? And he points out pretty quickly that, oh, the Gill Men are the last surviving members of the race that built this town, and or this castle, and they're my people. I, I take care of them, and I, I do what I can to care for them, and they do what they can to care for me. They're my folk, even though... I'm I look perfect, and they of course look defeated and and mutated. They're my and I keep being like, What do you mean they're your people? You're an eighteen hundreds British smuggler, you're not an Atlantean. Yeah. You're like, oh Why are you muddying the water? There's random people who managed to evolve in this underwater city to live underwater, and you're like, Yes, and for a hundred years I have been their caretaker, and you're like, How? And why why? Why the fuck would they care? It seems like they would have been doing for thousands of years by themselves fairly well before you came along, right? And what are you doing for them exactly? But I guess they're like, oh, they consider me, I don't know, someone that can take care of the volcano, I guess. I can go up to the surface at night and bring back toilet paper and porno mags. (laughs) (laughs) I get them smokes and they love it. (laughs) Uh, And we find out that I don't understand how he still has a crew, because in the 15 minutes that these fucking guys show up, he kills off two of his own men. Yeah. Like, they show up, and one guy is getting sacrificed. For some reason, we never find out why, Mm -hmm. but their means of sacrificing a person is they get chained to a post in a room that, at high tide, fills up with water, and they'll drown. Yeah. And so when they... Like, Ben and Harold first show up here. They see that. Try to save him. They can't. Although that is a wonderful scene of them going like, oh, we've got to help you. And he just goes, no, get out of here. And Harold immediately is like, yeah, let's fucking leave this guy. Who gives a shit? I'm sure he'll be fine. It's fine. Let's go. And Ben's like, no, we can't. All right, we will. uh, You'll convince me. (laughs) I'm back on board. Yeah. One of the major issues of this movie is that the main character... uh, seems to be, like, the main villain, our Vincent Price character, seems to be just rapid shifting through different motivations and goals and everything. So anytime he speaks, he's got a whole new thing. At the beginning, he's like, yes, we live forever and I I want to protect this city and the people who dwell within. But a volcano's about to erupt that will change things forever, so I need to stop that, but I have no plan about how to do so and never will. Also, I love this girl I saw from a picture and I want to keep her here. I know we're dying in, like, two days, but I want to. I want her to live here forever and she'll be perfectly safe here. And you're like, pick one! Yeah, when we first find him and he's like, well, I, I've sent people to the surface and they've got me this book on seismology and I've got a little seismograph and uh, I've read all of this and none of it matters and I can't find anything. And when he eventually is like, and now I'm just going to murder you two people because you are interlopers. Harold is like, oh, but Ben here is a Super scientist, and he knows everything about rocks and uh, earthquakes and preventing explosions. Old Ben may know everything there is to know about rocks, but I ain't no super scientist. That's Reed's job. (laughs) What I know is everything about the rules of Yancey Street. Now, old Ben, of course, here owns these droids. (laughs) And of course I know him. He's me. (laughs) Uh, different bends through history the the bends of history the great bends of time (laughs) so harold manages to convince vincent price that ben here is a super scientist that will definitely be able to solve his volcano problem and i was like okay mining engineer right mining engineer maybe you know something about that like oh if we relieve pressure or if we like Managed to build a tunnel this Even way. Even if it's just some 60s cheapy movie horse shit. Where he's like, well obviously we need to fill that volcano with good old American rocks. You know, something like that. But but no, he just is like, I don't know anything about this shit. What are you talking about? I also really love the Vincent Price Captain Flex when when he's like... I see you're reading my book on seismology. I read all of it in half an hour last evening. You're like, oh, okay, you're a fucking a speed read. I, I guess, sure. Right. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be super impressed or if it's a little book. We don't know. I mean, the weird thing is they hold up the book and you're like, no, that's a big fucking textbook. Uh-huh. And if you are like, oh, yeah, I read that all the other night. I'm like, great, cool. If you're a fast reader, that's fine. But also... You only found out that fountain pens existed eight years ago. Reading an entire book on, like, modern seismology feels like that might take you a while. If not, the speed of your reading, the understanding of what's going on. But sure, whatever, who gives a fuck? If I procure enough smokes and porno, this gilmen will build me a seismograph. (laughs) Ah, made out of smokes and porno. (laughs) And seaweed. (laughs) Ugh. The it's so weird because, again, yeah, you have that opening thing where he's like, we have to stop this volcano because it's going to destroy the city and my beloved Gilman and all of me and my crew. And this is the main thing. Like, there are constant little earthquakes that are happening. He's like, well, it may be a week or a month or a year, but soon that volcano will be the death of us all. And then immediately after they meet Jill, it's like, ah, she's my beloved. And that was my my wife, Beatrice, and she looks just like her, and I want, I want her to be with me always. I'm like, cool, you've spent the first over half of this movie not mentioning that she exists or caring. Additionally, these constant little earthquakes only reinforce my belief that there's some sort of Tori Amos connection. <laughs> it's probably all of these boys for Pele running around. <laughs> you cannot take Jill away. She's my cornflake girl. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> so anyway, he's like, great. You have, I don't know, a day to figure out a plan to stop a volcano from erupting or I'll kill you. Bye. Yeah. And then he just puts him in a room. And that's when Dan shows up and is like, are I be a salty pirate? Except, you know, he actually just has a Cornish accent. Yeah, He's is, just some random fucking well, British guy. The, the story behind that, that. Corn- the uh, fakey-ass pirate accent that we all know and use constantly is that there was one Cornish actor in, like, the 50s who just talked like that when he was playing some pirate role. Yeah. And it became the He was deal. Blackbeard, and exactly. it was so famous yeah. that that became... The accent for pirates. So what we have here is just sort of a reverberation of that, where this guy's not a pirate. He's a land-based smuggler. But because he's in an underground city, he's like, Arr, I'll help you." You're like, oh, he's talking I need pirate. To get, I need to get up to the, to the surface. I, I need to get out of here because this place is going to collapse. And you're like, <laughs> oh, all right. I get it. You're a pirate. And he's like, I've never been on sea in the, a day in my life. <laughs> But I do love her. How I my, l- my first love. <laughs> my first love, the song Brandy. <laughs> uh, my second love, the drink Brandy. <laughs> my third love, the singer Brandy. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's more. Gotta, and the rest. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> my fourth love, Peter Griffin, also known as Brandy. Okay, no, she wasn't born in Cornwall. Tori Amos just lives there. Okay, there we go. Great, love it. I knew there was some weird thing I knew about Tori Amos for some reason from back when I was the number one Tori Amos super superfan. Uh, now, we, in addition to Dan, who we meet, that is like, hey, let me tell you a story about how we've been here for 100 years and how the captain loves Jill because it looks like his wife and all, all this backstory shit. Have you ever, like broken up with somebody and then been like if i see another person who looks like them i'm like they must be mine (laughs) my true love my beloved well they didn't break up i know she died so did she die while he was still like on up on land and alive or i have to assume so that he like had to abandon her and came down here they probably had a kid and this is his like great granddaughter or some shit if this is the fucking same thing they always do with immortals like I have forgotten what 90% of my girlfriends look like. Uh, If I saw anyone, I wouldn't be like, ha, you, again, the girl I dated for six weeks when I was in college. Then again, the only thing that this dude has in his entire room is some books, a weird thing that shows where the tide is at, and a giant portrait of Beatrice. Yeah. So... Knowing what she looks like makes sense, because for a hundred years, all he has had to stare at is this painting and some gill men. <laughs> so anyway, Dan's like, yeah, if you get me a pass to the surface, I can go with you and you'll be fine. And that's when Vincent Price just fucking walks in again. You uh, fucked up, what Dan. Have, what have you told them already, Dan? Dan, you're going to die now, Dan. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Dan. And then we get the long, convoluted explanation that they aren't murderers, but they do murder people all the time. Yeah. Well, you see, we he, he'll murderers. murder Dan, because Dan was a traitor. Yeah. But- The lawyer and what they are going to do to Ben and Harold is, well, you see, we're not murderers. We'll give you a diving suit and we'll send you out with a a head start and then the gill men will go after you and then they'll... They'll fuck your shit up. Which doesn't seem very believable based on the, these scenes you see of Gilman attacking people in this movie. Oh, yeah. The, towards the end, there's all these people walking around in dumb-looking scuba suits from ancient antiquity being attacked by Gilman, and the number one thing you can tell is that the Gilman suits are harder to move around in than the, the scuba suits. Also, the thing that I love about the scuba suits in here is that they are fully open. They just have, like... It's a suit. There's no gloves. It's just open sleeves at the end. i uh-huh. like... Ah, wonderful. What a good way to have an airtight system. Yeah. And those space helmets that you just put on over your shoulders and don't, like, attach in any way. Oh, yeah. And you fully put this suit on over the three-piece suit that you are already wearing. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's the 60s. You don't take off your three-piece suit. No. It's not done. Goodness. Uh, Uh, They do finally get taken to Jill, who has been given a sleeping draft. And... Then they're like, yeah, here it is. Here's Jill. Anyway, bye. You're going to leave now. I don't know why we took you here. Mm-hmm. If only that to sh- make it so that Harold could go, I counted our steps and I can get back to her. Yeah. Well, it's just more examples we were mentioning earlier where Vincent Price just seems to constantly be shuffling where everyone is in this building for no particular reason. Come with me. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, come okay, now go over there. I believe now is the time I will explain things to you, because I don't actually care whether you know or not. Yeah. And the most interaction he has with Jill in this is a scene where she's she asleep. is asleep and yeah. he's just like, yes, you can see that she is being taken care of and she will remain here. You can go back to your other room. Good day. And then looks down and kind of like touches the side of her face then goes, alright, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, okay, cool, great. You're beloved. Awesome. Good job. You it's did f- it. Fucking vampire cliche is so bad. And it would be almost fine if it meant anything did anything if they actually were like yeah this is the thing and he tries to woo her or pine for her or do anything but all we have is one small bit of like yes this is jill i think she's hot anyway good day yeah (laughs) anyway now they have to go back to that room they were in that dan had been in with them earlier and they are in there for about a minute before uh harold's like yeah i counted my steps when they blindfolded us and walked us out of there i know how to get back to the to the big room where jill was and they're not being guarded. They were just they were just sent to the room like children. Yeah, because Vincent Price is like, these caves are like a maze and there's no way out of here if you don't have diving suits. Of course, there is a room with diving suits and I don't know why I would just let you wander around maybe getting to them, but fuck it, I don't care about anything. <laughs> I'm too busy trying to figure out what my whole deal is. <laughs> I don't even know what my motivation here is. Am I a vampire? What is this? come on guys give me something <laughs> i'm going to quit and have a pint <laughs> so they go back they find jill she is awake and is hanging out with the, the pastor there was an old vicar uh, like an old guy who worked at the rectory there yeah. i think he is a I think he's reverend yeah jonathan ives and Reverend Ives got kidnapped fifty years ago and was already an old man then, but oh my goodness, he's still alive because you just live forever the second you get down here. Yeah, and he has uh, some touch and go senility. He does, yes. Where when they meet him here, he's just completely like, oh well, I, I guess yeah, that's that's okay. And oh, of course, God. there's you gotta follow the the caves and there's a there's water here. Yeah, and so they. They're like, OK, well, here's our plan. We're going to we have a whole big complicated plan. We're going to try. You can come with us. And He's like, no, no, I'm I'm tired and I prefer to spend my evening in and rest. So this guy's like really old, but he's also living in the never ending life cave. So it sucks that they were like, oh, we kidnapped a dude who is like mid descent into dementia, yeah. but then arrested it right in the middle yeah. because he will eventually be completely lucid. And you're like, God, that's got to suck. Right. Where you're like, oh, I've I live forever, but I slip in and out and occasionally understand that I know my brain is going. Yeah. Wonderful. What a wonderful place to be stuck. Yeah. Exactly. So uh in, in this scene, basically they're just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna retire to our room and figure something or they get chased out again, I think. It's actually, it's Vincent Price and his goons come into the room and like, ah, yes, I see you've managed to once again make it to this room. I uh, shouldn't have left to- you unguarded. Yeah. Now I will guard you. I will t- I have decided to kill you via the method that we can't we discussed earlier, but I I have to wait a few hours until it's a, a low enough tide to send you out so that you don't immediately die and you've got a head start because I've look we're fucking weird here we don't we've had a hundred years to fart, fart around down here we've been huffing our own sense for so long that we don't know what's going on yeah so he sends him right back to the same fucking room again but this time with some guards and then somehow Jill and the the Reverend dude, just come in. I guess there's other rumors. Well, there's one guard. It's yeah. just Simon, a guy who has had his tongue cut out. Oh, yeah. But they're like, how did you get past the guard? And the Reverend just holds up a fucking shillelagh and is like, yeah, there was a guard mm-hmm. I'm like, and he's like right? yeah, I'm lucid again. So, OK, here's the fucking plan. Here's where the fucking diving suits are. I'm going to go up to the top floor and set that bell off because it's also the alarm system. As everybody, including the guards who were supposed to watch you, goes running up there to see what's going on. You'll slip away and, and get out. The three of you need to all escape. And then he's like, actually, wait, Jill, you don't need to escape. It's very important, I tell you this now, you can stay here. They'll never hurt you because you look just like his lost love Beatrice. You're safe here, you could stay. Yeah, we're almost an hour into this movie, and now's the reveal when, oh yeah, and you look like his dead wife. Yeah, and what's wild is he's like, hey, you're perfectly safe, you can stay here. No, the fucking volcano! Yeah, man, you know, you're lucid right now, you understand that this place is coming down, if not imminently, which it does, then at least sometime in the next year. Yeah. But, yeah, he's just like, well, you can go or you can stay, but you two will be murdered if you don't, so you have to go. It's also weird because, you know, he's like, you could stay. And she never even goes like, no. Instead, we just cut to a scene of her escaping with the others. Yeah, it's well, I mean, she's like, no, I got to go with these guys. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to stay here because I don't want to go back up to the surface, probably because I would explode from the sun. Yeah, I mean, I would die from the sun or whatever. Plus... I, I don't care, man. This is, this Part is me fine. Part of wonders if this was originally written as, as underwater vampires because of the, we do the lost love cliche. We do the living forever yeah, cliche. Killed fear, by fun sunlight. Kill, killed by sunlight. I'm like, come on. Is this is this a vampire movie? It's just vampire movie, but underwater. Yeah. And the weird thing to me is I think the you could stay here, Jill thing makes more sense if he's like, oh, there is a dry land pass. Like the way that they initially got down here and how you could get out is during a specific part of Tide, the ca- there's a cave system that empties out, and you can just walk to the surface. Yeah. But that's not going to happen for 18 hours, and... In that time, they will murder the two of you. Yes. Jill, you could stay here and wait for 18 hours and then leave. And then they definitely wouldn't, like, tie you up or put a bunch of guards in you or anything once they realized that two other people figured out how to escape and they were in league with you. No, they would just let you wander around, and then you could leave in 18 hours when that one passageway out of here opened up. Yeah, and I would definitely probably be lucid then and show you where that passage is. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. Hope it's not full of gill men. I mean, it wouldn't be. It's dry. They can go up on land. That's what the start of the movie is. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hey. (laughs) Hey. That's true. I know. This fucking thing sucks. Okay, so anyway, they run downstairs and they find the goofiest looking scuba suits you've ever seen in your fucking life. They have seahorses on top of the giant helmets. I mean, it's one of those things where I was like, honestly, whatever. It looks like a goofy, weird sci-fi diving suit. That's fine. Yeah. The stupid thing again is the, it is completely open at and has like loose sleeves. Yeah. Like if anything's going to look stupid in this movie, it's definitely just going to be the lava from the later sequence when the volcano erupts. Now, obviously I know your question is, Oh my God, diving suits. Well, what's going to happen to Herbert, the chicken. Don't worry. It's inside the helmet with Harold. Yeah. So a lot, every time (sighs) we cut to Harold's helmet, the chicken is just sort of sitting there. Yeah, because obviously none of these actors are actually doing any of the diving stunt work. So they have they, all the people in the water have, have smoked face helmets, so you can't see into them at all and see what's going on. And what's worse is that eventually they are stalked and attacked by seven or eight other people in the exact same scuba suits. And when that happens, you're like, I don't know who anyone is. I don't know who I'm, I'm rooting for. But occasionally you'll get these like close-up shots of the three actors standing in scuba suits against a blue backdrop, except in one scene where they fucked up And you get to see Tab Hunter just standing in a room. Yeah. Just, it's a weird shot where he's just standing there with the scuba suit on, looking around going, "ha." but you can see like fucking a telephone on the wall behind him and shit. And you're like, wait, did they forget to blue screen this one shot? It's not even blue screen. The background that they are in is, it is the room that Vincent Price's whole study thing was in. Yeah. They just did the whole, oh, we project the blue wavy light in the background for it. But you look in the back and you're like, yeah, that's that's the fucking cave room thing that vincent price's study was in that's all this is yeah but you just put the helmet on them and did an extreme close-up to try and minimize as much of the background that you could see i also like the let's let's uh stretch this out a little bit scene after they establish it yeah we'll just put fucking herbert in harold's helmet right no problem but then there's this slow zoom on herbert's remaining basket that they leave behind yeah they when they get into the suits and then wander off does this zoom in on the basket that's just staying there and you're like oh no they left herbert behind herbert was forgotten and then 10 seconds later when it does the close-up on harold's helmet and you see herbert in there you're like oh what a fun time this is aren't we having a grand old time it's so many times they set shit up in this movie for nothing Like the other big one, there's another fucking Herbert setup that goes nowhere. Well, there's a part where Vincent Price is like, yes, the Gill men bring us our food and sustenance. As you can imagine, we eat a great deal of fish. It has been 80 years since I've had beef or chicken. And then, you know, uh, Herbert is a chicken. And so you have Harold going, chicken, you say? And then later, there's a part where he's like, wait, are you going to eat us? No, I'm no cannibal. What manner of foolishness is that? And you're like, okay, but you want to eat that chicken, right? That was the setup. You're going to establish, but I will keep the chicken. And no, nothing ever. No, it never matters. He knows that there's a chicken there because Harold fucks, or, fucks yeah, the Harold chicken. fucks up. <laughs> yeah, Harold fucks the chicken uh-huh. in front of him. I don't know why we didn't mention it until now. It is one of the first parts of this movie and lasts for about a half hour. Yeah, it's very explicit. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. It's well, why this is one of the famous video nasties. <laughs> uh the famous video nasties oh there's a thing i'll look it up you go ahead sure uh but yeah at one point harold on autopilot is like yes and i'm harold and this is herbert and then opens the thing to show the chicken and he's like oh a chicken and that's when harold does his whole but have you met ben ben the scientist Mm -hmm. but then vincent price just sort of forgets a chicken exists from then on and it doesn't matter because nothing matters in this all right, so video nasties was a British term for movies that somehow evaded the censor board process in the 80s in the UK, huh. and a lot of them ended up either being banned or simply uh, uh, dismi- uh, dismissed out of hand as filth, uh, but they did include some very classic movies. I think The Exorcist was considered one of the video nasties, but it's still a term you'll hear in use in people discussing British horror cinema of the, specifically the 80s and earlier films that made their way to VHS tape. Huh. Yeah, so that's why. That was why it was in my head. Interesting. Yeah great thank you you're welcome also Tori amos has a home in cornwall (laughs) what a wonderful deluge of fun facts Uh uh-huh let me just close my computer so i'm not tempted to keep doing that (laughs) (laughs) anyway the last like 20 minutes of this is just footage of people wandering around in a pool yeah and it sucks ass because all it is is the fucking gill men show up there's no sound Outside of? Bubbles. Bubbles. So it's just an entire 20 minutes of watching people slowly underwater trundle around, and then, and the bubbles sound, the bubbles, they're supposed to sound, you know, like underwater noise, but they sound like an aquarium. They sound like they just put a mic on an aquarium, and we're like, good enough. And they're constant. There's no bubbles on screen. There's just bubble sound. And there is one kind of cool shot. There was one shot where I was like, oh, that's neat. I would love to see a movie that does that. And then I remember that there are several movies that do that, where you see one of the three of our heroes struggling along underwater trying to keep pace, and then from a, from the murk behind him come like six or seven suits that are the same suit in focus, also slowly moving along behind him, and you're like, oh, that's actually kind of imposing and scary, because he can't see that, and we can only barely see it. But you know, there was that fucking Kristen Stewart underwater horror movie like two or three years ago that did that exact shot for a different reason. No, great. So it's been done. It's all been done. Yeah. (sighs) No, I get it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You see, the bare naked ladies are in Cornwall. (laughs) (laughs) They moved to Cornwall from Canada. I would they're like the first Canadian band I think of when you mention Canada and music. I'm always like, oh, Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. Ah, yes, the Bare Naked Ladies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Better than Rush. Yeah. so much better low bar to clear i know i mean here's the thing video nasty would also be a great band name (laughs) i'm sure it is one the video nasties would be awesome i believe it's a descendant song (laughs) fabulous yeah uh anyway we get 20 minutes of them fucking around before they finally get to a different underwater cavern yeah take off the suits go into this oh by the way they're in perfectly dry three-piece suits and evening gowns yes uh wander around before the captain comes in with a couple guys ben beats up the guys and then the captain gets buried by rubble because now the volcano is erupting yes and oh my god do they ever have some like you can't do that on television great red gack that comes out of the walls and it's supposed to be lava it's real good yeah just some real good red goop. Yeah. And not even, like, goop. It just sort of looks like they got red sand and kind of made it muddy. Yeah, I thought it was, like, oatmeal. They were just pouring red oatmeal. Like, they didn't even try to incorporate anything that would suggest that it is hot or anything like that. Nope, no smoke. Nothing. Just, not even, like, two two tones, like you have some orange in there or something. Just dark red matte goop. Yep. Uh, and I don't know. Why they went into this tunnel. Because the Reverend was like, oh, you've got to go to this, the the Golden Palace or whatever the fuck shit it is. For all your casino needs. Yeah, they've got the loosest slots. You have to go there. Yeah. Uh, they go to some temple or whatever that's right next to the volcano. And he's like, yeah, you got to go there. I don't know why. I don't know why they have to go to the volcano and not just to the surface, which is one foot above them. I, well, yeah, it's not but... supposed to be. <laughs> But but every time those gillmen attack them and start wrestling them a little bit, they t- they tilt the camera to follow the wrestle action and up oh, there's the pool. It's especially hilarious because they get in there, take off the suits, then Vincent Price and his men go in there. They beat them up. Price gets buried under some rubble and is like, "Oh, get out of here, Beatrice. Be safe." Bah. Ah, I can no longer be with you. I wish only for your safety. This is the first thing I've ever said to you. Bah. <laughs> You never actually speak back to me. The movie has no time for that. We need more chicken jokes. They fuck off and go back into the room with the diving suits. We replay the exact same footage of them putting on the suits that we reused originally. Uh-huh. Because we didn't have time to film another shot of that. Yeah. And then they just walk to the surface. They just walk to the beach in these instead of doing that in the first place. Yeah. And then we have the scene where Vincent Price isn't just trapped under rubble. He's trapped under the collapsing statue of like a hand of a statue. So he's like trapped between a bunch of giant fingers. And eventually lava is starting to get near enough to him. He's like, no. Oh. But then like one of the fingers breaks off so he can get up and run. And you're like, oh, okay. So he's going to get out. And he does. And then he dies of old age immediately. The weird thing is he gets out through a tunnel of dry land to the surface, yeah. doesn't use the suits, and I was like, "But I thought, I thought the tunnel was in the what the fuck is this shit? What are you talking? Whatever, it doesn't matter." He, but he just walks up and then sees the sun and it immediately wrinkles and ages. Yeah, he turns immediately a million years old. Our three heroes are standing out on the beach somewhere when they watch the uh, the volcano erupt. Yep, volcano uh, explodes in a giant red explosion. You know, as happens in underwater volcanoes where, like, a giant, like, several hundred feet in the air explosion happens could. of red. You know, if that the vol- volcano was similar to when they were walking away from the volcano earlier and it was, like, four or five feet underwater, oh, yeah. then, yeah, that could absolutely happen. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, I, But it's, it's probably more of a deep sea volcano than that. Well, I don't know. I just never. If it's four or five feet underwater, then I feel like these guys would have a hard time evading the UV light enough to live forever in it. Well they're in caves. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. If you want to live forever, just stay in your house, says this movie. Yeah, that's why I haven't aged a bit. I'm over 500 years old (laughs) and I've never left my house. Ah, Finally, I don't feel so old. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, my back. Oh, wait, you are. (laughs) But not even like a line. They don't go like, well, his legacy lays at the bottom of the sea or anything. They just go, well let's start walking back and that's the end of the movie yeah they just turn around watch a giant explosion happen and then silently turn around and walk towards cornwall as the credits play and that's the movie yeah and Ooh, i do think the best shit. thing about the credits is the part where, where they credit the chicken and they just say and lest we forget herbert as himself yeah. or herself uh boo fucking boo uh, you know, the, the end of this movie is not meant to be watched. It's meant to be made out during. Nah. Uh, so that's that's what we're seeing here. It's one of those. It's like a, let's like a, uh, just make two of these, put them both on the movies at the same time. The teenagers will come in here to make out. I mean, you're not wrong. Given that when this premiered in, I think, the U.S., it was a double bill with that and Bleed Beach Blanket Bingo. Holy shit. All right, yeah. That's uh, exactly it was, what it was for. Yeah, then. it was a full teen makeout. Right cuz Beach Blanket Bingo is the other kind of these era of movies, which is we have footage of teenagers dancing in a restaurant. Yeah, and, and by god, that's what this movie is. 20 minutes of that and then we set up what the plot is. Ugh. There you go. War Gods of the Deep. Uh, let's let's get into our wrap up here. Let's do our bests and worsts. Oh boy. Jeff, I need you to pick the best thing that happened in City Under the Sea or War Gods of the Deep. I can't pick a performance or something. It's got to be the best thing that happened. Eh, I mean, you pick one good thing. <laughs> I mean, the best thing in this movie for me is I, I feel like I said it earlier. Yeah, it's the bit where all the, uh, cor- uh, the Cornish fishermen are badmouthing tab hunter yeah and then he just rises from stage bottom and just goes yeah i was here the whole time and i heard all of that i must speak with the owner of the manor and you're like how the fuck did that happen (laughs) it's a weird thing to write where you're like oh we're gonna have a guy show up and then as soon as he bends over everyone just starts talking shit about him like he ain't there i mean also honorable mention for the part where they find the old edgar Allan poe book in one of the rooms they're in and they're like Wow, I'll open this to a random page and read the third stanza of that poem you already heard the first two stanzas of. And then the other one of us will go, wow, that seems like it's deeply connected to what we're doing. Ha, it probably isn't, though. What a coincidence. Now let's never speak of it again. (laughs) Ugh, so weird. Yeah. What's your favorite thing? Oh, I mean... It's a Vincent Price movie. It's basically Vincent Price. I mean, yeah, he's t- not terrible in this because he's still Vincent Price. The but- thing is, they give him nothing. Yeah. But he's still like, his, I'll even say just his entrance when he shows up and he's just like, ah, thank you for beating up my incompetent man. You could learn fighting from him, you dumb asshole. Yeah. Anyway, come with me. And I'm like, God damn it. Vincent Price is great at walking into a room and being like, Hey motherfuckers, I'm Vincent Price. Yeah, he fucking rules. There's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like he, out of anybody, he's given the weirdest set of motivations in this movie. Oh yeah, no the the plot of this fucking blows, and they have given him just weird thrown spaghetti at the wall motivations. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, so there you go. There you go. The worst thing. Right, Twenty five minutes of fucking slow ass scuba footage. I mean, set obviously, in an obvious, in pool. that is so bad. It's so boring. <gasps> oh my god, just a shitty soundtrack and bubbles for 20 minutes of people. And it's not like, Ooh, but we'll get fights. And you're like, no, they're, they're underwater. The fight is slowly doing resistance movement as they try and hit someone. Yeah, And crossbows that make noises, but don't actually do anything. Yeah. As you can see someone like pull a crossbow bolt across the front of a camera. So yeah. they're like, ah, we show a guy shooting a crossbow bolt. And then like on a string, just, A crossbow gets moved across the front of the camera. Yeah, it's so so fucking boring. And I I know, because I've seen other movies that do this, it's just them saying, like, these kids love to watch people underwater. We'll just put a lot of that in there. Everyone's into that. It's a spectacle. No one's seen this before. It's not. It's just fucking boring and slow. Yep. So what's your least favorite thing? I mean, it's definitely that, obviously. I think the other thing, of course, the big one is how is there no room or time for you to establish anything for vincent price to do yeah like give him at least a scene with jill be like hey man if you want to do the whole like ah i'm a vampire and my lost love has been reincarnated and now i need her because i'm weirdly obsessed then do it yeah that's something at least do it don't just be like oh hey you know this trope Uh, it's here moving on and you're like you can't just say that we're doing that and then not do it yeah it sucks so so yeah that's fair that's a a good choice for a least favorite thing yeah uh all right we are going to rate the movie on a scale from zero to five each to give it a rating out of 10 jeff one i mean i i got a couple of laughs at how incompetent it was so there were occasional moments where i was like okay uh but it wasn't like it wasn't actively offensive or anything, so I feel like a one is probably where I want to go. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the only reason it manages to creep to a one. Yeah, above the half. The half would have to it have, to have like, some deeply offensive shit in it. Yeah. At point .5, I would have to have been like, I did not want to watch this. Yeah. Like, it forced me to be like, ugh, I don't want to be here. Instead, I was like, yeah, this is in the background, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, Exactly like it just was deeply and sincerely boring so a two out of ten for war gods of the deep it sucks a lot it's very bad cannot recommend it uh thank you so much for joining us for this though yeah uh if you want some more 60s goodness yeah yeah you can head on over to our patreon patreon.com slash system mm-hmm. if you join us at the ten dollar a month level you will unlock all of our bonus content you get ad-free versions of all of our shows you get everything that we do including the tv mastery which we are just starting up our new season of a retrospective of comic book superhero adaptations for the small screen through the years in live action so we are, I assume, yes, okay. all live action. Okay. So we have, uh, we've got the sixties Batman, the old Adam West coming up this time. So even more sixties goodness for you. If you want to join us over at patreon.com slash And just to put this out there for anyone who had joined and had not heard or gotten any sort of, uh, notice, uh, Patreon this past month fucked up. They changed their headquarters and where they charge things to Ireland. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of people uh, had their banks refuse the charges this last month. They sure did. And get automatically dropped from all of their subscriptions. So go ahead and check that. Yeah, and that's only if you happen to still find a way to listen to our show, because they will have kicked you out of the RSS feed in those situations as well. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully, if you're hearing this in the regular format, uh, go check to make sure you're still pledged, because... You might not be. And even if you aren't uh, and you hadn't been, now's a great time to consider it because we're going to lose a lot of people and we're not going to be able to get them all back immediately. Yeah. Or maybe even at all. It was a super big fuck up on Patreon's part. And then they just sent us an email saying, oopsie poopsie, we like money more than we like anyone enjoying our business. Yeah, their, their email really just boiled down to we're aware of this. We are aware and you should fix it. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for telling me you fucked up and it's my problem. Yeah. So anyway, you know, if you feel like helping us out in a time of great need, that's a great way to do so. Uh, and of course, regular than pledges, that, though. you can always rate and review, try and get other people to find the show, tell someone about it, whatever you do. But thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll be back with another episode of Movie Mastery in a couple weeks. And until then, you have a good one.